The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Und was der Fichtel uns jetzt gleich sagen wird, das werden wir uns anhören mit von der Party die Woodies. interrupt fishing with guns with this special news bulletin right if you are wise you listen to kevin gassman a giant hairy creature part ape part man and now The moment you've all been waiting for. Your pregame announcer. Your pop scene sensation. Gashman. Gashman. One of the carbon blobs from Sanger's MG. Some people have said that you're retarded, not me. I love that part. It's all right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How you doing on this Saturday afternoon? My name is Kevin Gassman. Of course, you can call me Gas. It's all good. Heidi Gad is riding shotgun. What's up? What's up? So, yeah, that Gene Rayburn right there in the match game is absolutely <laughs> legit. All right, I'm telling you that he actually, well, there was a contestant. Right. By the name of Gasman. <laughs> What are the chances? And I like flipped my lid. I was like, I got to find this. I did a <laughs> mad scramble online to find the episode where she was on. Apparently, she's a farmer in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there's like, like, first of all, that's now we know we're not related right there. <laughs> this is the you know, mid 70s and stuff like that, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Probably early, early 70s and stuff like that. I'm like, do we have relatives in Fresno? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. And I found that gem. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I have to use that. There's no way I'm not going to use that. So it just adds appropriate for the show to start off here. Uh, it's 3.04 Pacific time as we broadcast here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. But that means there's a lot more time left for the end of the world to happen. <laughs> It's true. So and by my calculations, I'm thinking 4 a.m. Pacific time <laughs> will be the new day. And that'll be the measure we take because that's when the absolute end of the 23rd by meridian time would be. I would imagine it's four hours right. because Hawaii is three hours from Pacific time. Okay. Hawaii is right. not, it's, it's, Hawaii is still considered, you know, three hours behind. It's still like our midnight is their 9 p.m. Right. So our 3 a.m. is their midnight. But when's the, the meridian is like another little hour or two away after that. Isn't it already tomorrow somewhere? Yeah, but it's not finished tomorrow. It's not finished today yet, is what I'm saying. The 23rd is still alive until about 4 a.m. Pacific time. Am I not right? I mean, like, right? You mean like tomorrow morning? Yeah, like in about 12 hours from now. <laughs> We still have 12 hours to deal with, is what I'm 12 saying. 12 hours to is, watch our bags. Is, is, you think that's watch the skies. I mean, right? Because that's still the 23rd until, right. until it becomes... I guess. Because it's not the 24th here yet. True. And they never said exact time. The 23rd was, you know, the end of the, well, the world is going to happen. Right. But apparently this guy backed off his, his deal. 
Yeah. Did you see this at all? His back, he backed out of the no. deal. Yeah, and he's well, um, just just you know, well, October's going to be a really crazy month. Oh yeah, I did. I saw that article where <laughs> it's like, like, okay, now it's October. I'm like, damn. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Seriously, get the fuck out of here. You know, when you go to a bar, and I love the sign when you go to the bar. It says, it says, free beer tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. So every time you go into that bar, it's always going to have to be tomorrow. And, you know, it's just a running thing. Right. The end of the world will be tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like this is the same exact it is. sign. Yeah. It, is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I watched a bunch of stuff on it, like religious people, the scientific right. people. and They want it to happen. Yeah. That's the scary part. Right. That's the most fucked up part is that they <laughs> want it to happen. It's like, why don't you stop and relax a little bit? <laughs> Why are you are you just planted on this earth to scare people? Is that is that your mission in life? Probably. I don't get it. I don't understand why people are so concerned. It's just I don't know, dude. They should have started drugs early. That's the problem. <laughs> they didn't start drugs when they were young. <laughs> I, I told you I had friends that tell me that they're jealous that I started when I was really young. No. Not that I started. I was like, yeah, I think it's time for me to start marijuana. Right. <laughs> you know, I just happened yeah. to have a chance of smoking weed when I was 12, and I did, and there you go. <laughs> it was your calling. <laughs> I, it, it must have been part of the map, you know. God's divine plan was to have me get high at 12. <laughs> but you know, like, you know, ayahuasca ceremonies out in South America. Yeah. I mean, these are children who are younger than that taking ayahuasca. Yeah. So let's get real with humanity on this planet and what we do with ourselves. Yeah. But yeah, so I just think uh, I think having that perspective of being high at a younger age, now growing up is you know probably the reason why I failed in high school. You know, or <laughs> 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 pretty much. And it wasn't because I was a bad student because when I went to school in college, I was actually a three student because you go to school. Good. For the classes you want to take in for high sure. school, it's, you know, obey authority. And I had a problem with authority. Right. <laughs> I just do. It's important to question authority. Absolutely. And that's a, a major standpoint, I think, in, in everybody's uh, curriculum. It should be at least. Yeah. And it's not. And uh, that's where we kind of lead into problems where authority gets to run away a little bit with some, some things yeah. without having to pull them into reality a little bit. Uh, Sheila Polk is the uh, prosecutor up in, in the uh, Prescott area of Arizona. And she had posted a story through, I don't know if she had posted the story, but it's through this uh, website called The Daily Courier, which is a paper up in Prescott. And it is, again, it's Reefer Madness. <laughs> and, you know, it's, and when I say is this, and we'll talk about the story when we come back, we'll play the tune. People have, who have, let me just say it. People who have never used marijuana should not be in charge of making laws against it. Right. Flat Because it's just, they're just going by fear or what they assume or right. previous beliefs instilled to them from someone. They've never experienced what it is. Right. So their fears, it's like a spider, you know, kill it first before asking questions. I just don't understand how those people haven't seen how it actually helps people. Or they just want to ignore those things. I mean, right. I'm sure they've been pointed out to them, I'd imagine. Yeah. Bill Montgomery is the uh, prosecutor for the Maricopa County here, and he and Sheila Polk are arm-in-arm uh, arm with this. Hmm. They just have this mentality that it's bad, and it's awful, and it's this, you know, because they grew up with this fear. You know, and how could they be wrong? How could, be right. what, how could what they were told be wrong? Yeah. You know, they have to give up that, that pride. Is it not pride that they have to give it up a little bit? Well, and how do you ignore science? 
you can't. And, you know, the, and the testimonies from these children and these parents who say, oh, the CBD oil, these, you know, help my child number seizures. And I mean, it's proof positive right yeah. there. And yet they still don't want to accept it, you know, and that's the problem. It's like, what is wrong with you? I can't. I mean, look, I want leaders who are open minded to change given the facts that are presented to them. That's what I want. Yeah. And right now we're not getting that. It's a do as I say, not as I do government. Yeah. And that's not good. No. <laughs> and that is not good if at they all. They knew all the people it was helping. Like there's a clerk at a store I go to and he's an older gentleman. And for some reason uh, this week he decided to be like, hey, Heidi, I totally started smoking marijuana. And you know what? It's helping me with his blood pressure, with his diabetes, with all these things. And he was like, I'm going to tell my doctor. I am all my, he has to do like tests on himself and whatnot. And they're better. So what's wrong with that? Right. Why not let it help people? If medicine is supposed to help people, let medicine help people. And what is it to them that someone's taking that medicine anyway? Is it, right. why, why does it bug someone? Why does it rub someone the wrong way that someone's doing it and you're not? Well, they, <laughs> they can't do that. It's not, it's not fair. Is that what it is? Is it not a fair know. thing? Are you jealous? Because they don't have to be. They don't. Mm -mm. They don't have to let it bother them nope. at all. And if they want to try it, do it. Right, because who knows? It might help them down the road. Yeah. And that's the thing is down the road when it does help them, will they eat crow? You know, will they <laughs> back to, well, it was wrong. Probably not. No. I mean, who knows? You know, you like to think that this, uh, this mentality that's been disingrained in our society for so long that it's evil and what it does, it, I mean, it's been based on 100% lies. And I, uh, you would think that people who are more mature would try to, you know, maybe figure out that maybe they are lies. You know, why, why can't they see that they aren't lies? Or why can't they see that they're lies, you know? Right. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, aren't you supposed to be maturing and be open-minded to new facts and stuff? And I want a, a leader who can change their mind based on what's in front of them. Right. Why don't these people do that? Well, I'm sorry I was wrong, you know? They won't. They won't do that. It's too late. They've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> They've really gone too far. So when that happens, they should just go be quiet and stop spreading Right, man. Use your energy for something positive. Yeah. You think you're doing this. You look. You're not going to do anything. Nothing's going to change. The the momentum is too strong, and and moving in the right direction to help everyone. And when you realize how much this will help you, oh, this house is made out of hemp hemp concrete, and it saves my energy bills by fifty percent. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm I'm putting up magic numbers here, but <laughs> it's probably more than fifty percent if you ask right. me. But you know, these are materials that will help you, and if you shun them, and, and you might as well go back to the Rock Ages. You know, yeah. You can go back, go to Afghanistan. It sounds like where you want to live. <laughs> Those kind of laws against you know having fun or you know doing what you want to do as a human being on this planet. Because who the who the fuck are you? <laughs> right. Yep. Who the fuck are you to judge anyone? on what they do to themselves, especially when it's a plant that grows out of the ground that's meant to be here for a reason, and it's meant to be in our system. Yeah. But the devil put it there. That's why they call it the devil's weed. The devil's lettuce, yeah, exactly. Well, I got a really cool song from Nate Sinclair. He's a comedian, and I believe he's out in Austin, Texas now, but he was out here in Phoenix, Arizona, and he's got this song. It's called Don't Smoke That Weed. Now, <laughs> this is the, I'd imagine this is the radio edit, so it's not going to have the cursing in it, but you'll figure it out on your own. 
<laughs> and if it does, well, you know. Well, it doesn't matter either way. So yeah. it doesn't matter. The cursing is not the point. The point is it's a very poignant song. So take a listen <laughs> to the words. Have a laugh. We'll be back right here. It's Going Global with Gas Man on the, on the voiceamerica.com variety. I know where I'm at. The voiceamerica.com <laughs> variety channel. And we'll be back after this. Legalizing pot ends up in stories like this. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You can get high on life. <laughs> get stoned on enjoyment. You can get wasted on nature's beauty. You can party all night getting drunk with love. <laughs> but just don't ever smoke on that weed. Because weed is illegal, so enjoy those legal drugs like Oxycontin, Percocet, Vicodin, or Codeine. You could spend your life in jail or get legal drugs through the mail. You can get up as hell, just don't smoke that green. Why try marijuana and live your life delighted? Instead, be like Jesse Spano, be so excited. I'm so scared! Why risk your life on hashes for a thrill when they make the stronger sh and a little pill? You know, weed is illegal, so enjoy those legal drugs like Percodan Oxycodone or sweet morphine. You'll need a judge and the pen, unless you're baked on Ambien. You'll be Heath Ledger's best friend, don't smoke that green. Oh, f you guys, that's not still too soon. <laughs> and if you want to drink some buds and get sloshed on a bottle of suds, you better be 21 before you pick up that beer. At 18, you can smoke a cherry or join the military. Just don't smoke that sweet Mary of jail you fear. Why? I'll tell you why. Because weed is illegal, so enjoy those legal drugs like Robitussin, Xanax, Valium, or Thorazine. Instead of pot, just take a soma. Instead of prison, you're in a coma. Just tell them you have lymphoma, don't smoke that green, don't smoke that weed, don't smoke that weed. If you want to get baked to shit, just take some speed. You could spend your life in jail or get illegal drugs through the mail. You can get f***ed up as hell, just don't smoke that weed, unless you have anxiety. at the local soda fountain. Innocently, they dance. Innocent of a new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. 
In this film, you will see the ease with which this vicious plant can be grown in your neighbor's yard, rolled into harmless-looking cigarettes, hidden in an innocent shoe or watch case. If you want a good smoke, try one of these. You will meet Bill, who once took pride in his strong will as he takes the first step toward enslavement. Of course, if you're afraid... reaper they find a moment's pleasure but at a terrible price debauchery violence murder suicide and the ultimate end of the marijuana addict hopeless insanity too late I have to play this because it always reminds me now um, <laughs> this is my favorite bit of all time it's Bill Hicks talking about Willie Nelson right <laughs> uh, did I play this for you I know I think I, I did, did like yeah I feel like I did but I don't care it's a minute long and you will like it right. it is like the funniest bit you'll ever hear <laughs> about Bill Hicks talking about Willie Nelson selling out on Taco Bell commercials <laughs> back in the day. You do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call forever. And that goes for everyone except Willie Nelson. $24 million tax bill, Willie was a little looser than the rest of us. I just avert my eyes when he sings about tacos, you know what I mean? It's so fucking... I'm sitting here selling tacos, oh, waiting for the woman in the rose tattoo. My butt is so loose. Oh, this is so sad. Is he done yet? Nope. I love picante and iced tea. Taco Bell has it for me. Oh, my butt hurts so bad. Oh, this is so sad. Is he finished yet? Nope. I love nachos with chips and dip and love the things that I can get. And oh, my butt is hurting me. Oh, poor Willie. Poor fucking Willie. Oh, God. Let's pass the hat. Get him off the Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> I love Willie Hicks, man. Oh, he just puts it in a way that's so funny. Yeah. That's <laughs> just, uh, this is one of those, like, I don't know what it is about that one. I have to say, that's probably one of my favorite <laughs> funny bits, like, of all time. If I had, like, a stack my funniest bits ever from comedians, that would be one of them right there. Um, <laughs> all right, what did I do? Let's fast forward this thing here. So, we, I, this um, story that I uh, saw online from the Daily Courier was in Prescott, Arizona. Now, it's all about the rise in number of DUIs with drugs becoming more common. Hmm. So, did they define drugs? Well, the thing is <laughs> that you know they're calling it a narcotic, which is you know obviously the lingo that they use. You know, when you're clumping marijuana into a narcotic, it's not the same. Right. It's not a narcotic. Yeah, it's not like you're taking like a oxycotton or something. Right. So another issue here is that you got to remember that marijuana cannabinoids. Are, are in our system regardless. True. So when you smoke marijuana, it stays in your system long. 
like 30 days apparently is what the number of days it would stay in your system after you smoke. Like if you were to go to a concert, a Snoop Dogg concert, <laughs> and you did not smoke marijuana, and, you are, and you're just not a smoker, you would get a contact high probably. Probably. And it's in your system now. Right. And you have 30 days to get it out of your system, or if you get busted, you have a DUI right. on marijuana. That's, that's how that works. Be like, I don't smoke weed. How's it in my system? Well, you were at a Snoop Dogg show a couple weeks ago. So, doesn't matter. It's in your system. Bye-bye. DUI. Yeah. That's, that's how they count their numbers on the rise of DUI numbers. Hmm. So, it's the fudging when you look at all these um, numbers and, these, and the lingo that they use. You have to keep that in mind that they're trying to trick you, that they're trying to keep up their sham. Right. Because the money-making system, is, that's what it is. So yeah. we keep feeding that system. They, they're protecting that system. Where's the, um, I was going to say, he's like, where's, where's the empathy anymore? You know, where's just the whole idea of just, yeah, man, let's just all just treat each other fine for who we are and what it is. You could do your thing. I'm going to do my thing and peace out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, why is it you have to feel that, you, that we have to live by your rules? Right. Instead of. It's everyone working together, man. Right. Because who are you to be the person in charge? Right. You know, when you see all these lists on, on um, you know, online and stuff like that, who's the 100 best bands in the world, you know? Like, who are you to tell me? Right. You know, no. It's like you didn't ask everybody. Right, right, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just sure your it opinion, change. man, is all it is. The Big Lebowski, you know? It's just your opinion. Or they just do it by, like, YouTube views. <laughs> um, Probably. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know what it is, but, you know, I remember the whole Rolling Stone article that came out, I think, about six or seven years ago, talking about the 100 greatest guitarists and had Eddie Van Halen at number 70. What? Yeah, I know. It's, really? It's, yeah, it's really bizarre. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't understand where, I mean, of course, they have all these guys that you never heard of at the top 10 right. because they have to be, you know, pretentious. Right. <laughs> you know, use the exact, you know, use these guys instead, which I understand, look, a lot of, a lot of, performers don't get the exposure that these other bands get. It's, right. just, it's just what it is. It's a luck of the draw, man. Someone posted on, on Facebook a really ignorant statement saying... Um, <laughs> Wait, somebody posted an <laughs> ignorant statement on Facebook? What? Okay, you two came into town last week. I heard. And this person posted, for all of you going to U2, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> Am I really... And this is a girl who works at a dive bar in Phoenix, okay? So what if somebody wants to go see you two? Right. I mean, the thing is, is like, are you really like, like the word of like, oh my God, you're going to judge me if I go, wow, well, who are your favorite bands? These are bands that, you know, she, <laughs> she probably wouldn't want you to start liking because if they got too big, then they'd be sellouts. Right. So they have yeah. to be the unknowns, you know? And when you don't understand what you two did in the '80s, what kind of band and what they were, what impact they had, right. that's such a, such a, uh, a stupid statement to, to make for no reason. And then, and you're in the music scene here, so now I'm going to judge you on your musical tastes. Right. Well, it's like they're musicians who like somehow made it. Like, why can't you just be happy for that? And that gives you hope for right. ever making it. Right. And, like, and they, you know, they write songs and people like their songs. Well, that's the thing. So what's wrong with that? Right. There's nothing wrong with that. So it's, <laughs> the thing is like, it's again, it's these independent, you, these alternative music lovers who are so like, dude, you got, 
I know the coolest bands you never heard of, you know, <laughs> these are the really coolest bands, you know, of course, you never heard of them because they're not really promoting themselves, you right. know, they're not out or there. Or maybe they're not really cool. Or maybe not, who knows, but yeah. if, for, in their eyes, you know, they're the next big thing, you right. know, for, but they won't give props to a band who's made that path already, right. who's influenced so many people, who's created a, I mean, look, when you reach that level of stardom like U2 has, and many other artists, I mean, not a whole lot. I mean, of course, the percentage isn't great to reach there. Right. You have to look at the the push that they were getting from corporate and from their labels and stuff like that. I mean, these are people that really got a head start in getting heard. Right. Because it was only U2. I mean, it was only, excuse me, it was, it was MTV. Right. You only had a handful of radio stations in each city. Yeah. Nothing online to split everybody's minds no up. internet. Right. <laughs> so you got to look about that. Like whoever was being promoted the most was winning. Right. MTV was a big help for the for these for guys. Sure. And so then they give them a mouth, and then they tell about where they're coming from. Of course, the troubles in Ireland that they were living through. Their music was very influential and very Im- impactful. Yeah. You know, you look at music today. What's impactful these days? Who's writing music that really means stuff these days? Yeah. Where's that coming from? Do you, are you seeing any anything like that? Um, well, I guess you'd have to define impactful today. <laughs> I mean, like, I just don't think there's any bands out there anymore that really are, are I don't know, trying to change the world anymore. Right. Does that make sense? You or know? like writing metaphorical songs about what's going on. Right, yeah. right. I just don't feel like there is that. Or just even a band that just takes you away musically and, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is something that just takes right. you away a little bit. Pushes you know? the politics side of it, like Rage Against well, the Machine just, did. But, yeah, but, you know. but somebody posted online this comment and or uh, this post, and I th- it's this. He goes, the most overrated music groups. And it's like a thread that's continuing on. It's almost at a thousand comments right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty big. And I'm thinking like, all right, so overrated music groups, which of course I'm sure people clump you two into overrated and right. what have you. So what does overrated mean? Overrated means you're popular, you've reached a lot of people. Is that overrated? I mean, I don't think that's overrated. I think that means you're really good. Right. Regardless if you don't like the music. I don't like Justin Bieber, but he apparently reaches people. Right. <laughs> he doesn't reach me, but he does reach a lot of people. Now it might be mindless people, <laughs> you know, but still he's found his niche. Right. And it's a large niche and what have you. Overrated is defined as to have a higher opinion of something or someone that is deserved. Right. Like Rebecca Black and her song Friday or maybe the new right. Cash Me Outside so, girl who got signed. Right. But how do any of these people overrated. go, you don't deserve that. Like, right. That's the thing. Like, what are you doing? Like, okay, so you don't, you yourself don't deserve, name something awesome that's happened to you. Like... Mm-hmm. But who also is the definitive word on the approval of, oh, you're overrated. Right. You know, no one has that. It's an opinion. Right. It's only, and that's what I posted. I was like, you know, people just posting their favorite bands here. Yeah. And if you're overrated, the, well, my bands aren't, but these bands are. You know, right. I, I don't like these bands that are, but I like the ones that aren't. These are my <laughs> bands, and you're not allowed to like them. And if you do like them, then, then they're overrated now. So sorry. Right. I mean, what is, that's it your, just comes back to what? way you were talking about how everybody should just let everybody everyone is going to have a different kind of opinion that's what makes us human right about stuff so why does yours have to be better than the other person's or right, right? and who gives you the right to be yeah. more you know more judgmental than me right. <laughs> you know why are you, you know, like if you don't like it you don't like it just don't like it you don't have to stamp your like oh my mm-hmm. god well in my opinion be happy it brings someone else joy Right. That their life is a little better that day because of that. It doesn't matter if it makes your day better. 
there's there something go. else for that for you. Right. Why even post any kind of negativity right. towards that? That just screams jealousy. Yep. It does. You and know. this is why aliens don't come to visit our planet. <sighs> we're not there yet. I mean, they come or <laughs> but, whatever, but they're not like, hey, guys. We're, I know. We're just, we're just, <laughs> we're just not there yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think, you know, sometimes when you want to write something like that down, there should be that voice inside your head that says, just don't do it. It's just right. not worth it. Because you're really posting out a negativity. Yeah. And then it's only going to respond to negativity. Yeah. You know, and then it's going to make you look stupid. And, you know, but when you're young and you're foolish and you don't really think about that, that's what, you know, the gift that Facebook has given, you know, right. the gift that social media has given. Is all are, are these people who do make these mistakes and, you know, create these uh, topics to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> or are these people, well, what's probably funny is probably most of those people are the people that are like, everybody should like, you know, have all this, just have all this stuff. But then it's like when someone earns it, it's all of a sudden not cool. Well, right, right. And the thing is, you know, this here in, in Phoenix, you know, you see bands and there's always a little squabbling here and there. And I think that's just <laughs> going to be no matter where you're at. There's always going to be that. It didn't you know? used to be like that here. I can tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, you think social media is bringing that out more again? Because I think people yeah. who are online are able, are, you know, like... Normally, back in the day, you'd only have a squabble if it was face-to-face. Right. Now you have, you know, the yeah. guitarist who doesn't say anything at the bar online saying something. Right. Now it's a big deal, and it's like, oh, my goodness, here and there. I'm not naming anything, but I'm just saying, just in specific. <laughs> well, now I want to go check my thread and see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's just, you're right, the, the com- community and the camaraderie right. of the, the local scene doesn't have the experience of being a scene here. Right. Yeah. Because, man, it used to be awesome. Right. Like, everybody was just cool. Right. It didn't matter. There's a lot of places to play in Phoenix, Arizona. And there's, mm-hmm. there's no centralized place where everyone can hang and chill. So that's another issue. Yeah. I think that is part of the, um, I don't know, the reason why I can't get closer together. Right. I think if we had a street with about four or five bars down the way, everybody, you know, different music every night, I mean, right. then you're creating something really yeah. big. Yeah, like that's the place you go. That, right, exactly. There's Where really, all the good bands play. There really is no that's the place to go. And no, Phoenix is not there. anymore, right. really. I mean, there's groups like that. There's a place in uh, Central Phoenix. For downtown Tempe, probably still has some clubs, right? I don't know. I haven't been there for a while. But that's where we used to, you know, have a lot of fun down there. Right. All right. Well, let's play it soon. Um, I'm sure you guys are all excited about that music talk there. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, overrated, underrated, you know, it's all on your own judgment of what you like. Don't let anybody else's judgment, you know, sway you from liking what you like. Listen, I like, a, I like some BG songs, right? I don't give a fuck what you think about that. <laughs> the BGs are a great band. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> It makes me happy when I want it. I don't really play them very often, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> let's, let's make that clear, okay? But if it pops on, I'm like, hey, leave it on, all right? You know, I can appreciate a song like that. Again, a song that has impacted everyone, you know, okay. is something that you have to give credit to. Yeah. And say, that's not overrated. That's, in fact, just the opposite. That's yeah. actually very impactful, and it reached a lot of people. You should be crediting that song for a lot of things. Yeah. You know, how much it changed the life of a lot of people. Yeah. Maybe it saved somebody's life, dude. Right, exactly. So then what? Right. Now don't you feel like an (laughs) a-hole? 
All right, we're going to play a song here. This is what we do once in a while on the show. So if you have any requests, just hit, hit me up on email. I have an email address. It's withgas, <laughs> W-I-T-H-G-A-S-S, at gmail.com, withgas, at gmail.com. And if there's any music you want to hear on the show, let me know. Like local independence, some national acts, anything in between. What's so funny, Heidi? Well, it's just like, wait, you have an email address? Oh, <laughs> the way you said it. I have an email address. <laughs> well, I'm just making a point because anyone's listening might want to. Yeah, or really, you do have one? That's interesting because I didn't know you did because you never really say it. <laughs> so there you go, Heidi. <laughs> All right. So our next uh, guest next hour. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be Lance Lopez from the Lance Lopez Band, a blues rock star. And his home base is Louisiana. Yeah. And he's going to be talking aliens with us. Nice. So, There's swamps there. Well, maybe we'll, we'll have some stories. I think he's really involved in, I, I think he does in investigating himself. I'm, hmm. not sure, I'm not sure we'll find out, though. Hmm. He might be a field investigator. Maybe he has a swamp story. Right. Maybe he does <laughs> have a swamp. Well, you know, the swamp thing? Is that the movie? The swamp thing? No, dude. Swamp people. But Was there a movie called Swamp People? <laughs> no, I'm talking like about a, like swamp people. Is that a reality show? I don't know. <laughs> I know it's a thing. You're just saying swamp people are like... No, there's people that live in the swamp. Oh, okay. I got you. Swamp people. Oh, my God. I'm also going to talk about that picture <laughs> I saw online where I'm comparing two aliens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those two short little aliens. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I noticed something else about one of those pictures, too. We'll save that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so Lance Lopez has got some music, of course. I don't know if he's got alien songs. I'll find out when we talk to him. But this one here is live. It's called Get Out and Walk. So check it out here on the show because... We'll be back in a moment. That makes no sense. <laughs> See, I knew it was live. Right. <laughs> got right so far. I did that stuff. We're going to be talking with him next hour. Lance Lopez here on the show when Aliens with Gas gets on at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And if you want to check out some of our past shows, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Online at AliensWithGas.com. There's two S's there. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn. We're on... You know, all the podcast space places you're supposed to be, and it's a fun show. And we have a new station that's going to be adding us pretty soon, and we'll talk about that next hour, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. All right, well, we have uh, maybe 10 to 12 more hours left of the planet until the <laughs> 23rd is actually done. Until we can actually put it in the books, man. <laughs> All right, so I uh, checked online, and there's a couple of interesting stories I want to talk about. Yeah? Yeah, Tom Price. Do you know who this guy is? Uh, no. You know, following politics? Um, I try not to right now. All right. I just get angry. Um, yeah, so Tom Price is this guy. He's, he's in, he's in uh, Washington, D.C. Okay. And he's the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary. Okay. Well, apparently he's uh, flying a private jet around town. Oh, is it this guy with the uh, fiance? No, that's not. No, that's another. Oh, dude. that's the other one. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's the other one. They wow, see this? I can't keep track. This is why. I, right, that's why we need a little change. I just wait for people to post stuff, and then I'm like, okay, right. That's all I can handle. Well, apparently he's saying that it's important that he uses these planes to reach the people. Okay. So, uh, well, I've never seen him here. Um, or heard of him. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. It's just it's yeah, uh, Steve Munchkins. Or Nunchkins. <laughs> That's the other dude who took the plane to Fort Knox to watch the eclipse. Apparently, it, was, it wasn't for the eclipse, though. And his wife went with him. Yeah, I think it was like a honeymoon thing they're saying. Right. Well, they wanted to use the plane for a honeymoon, yeah, right. for sure. And it's like, what's There's going something. on here? These guys are millionaires. They're billionaires. They can't afford their own stuff. Betsy, yeah. Betsy DeVos is using her own jet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Ugh. They're so relatable, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So, all I right. totally understand, man. So anyway, so this guy's using this excuse of, you know, like he needs to use these planes to do his job, you know. Remind me of the preachers that also said the same thing. Hmm. Interesting. So I have the audio. We're going to roll through the audio here. All right. Let's These do are this. Uh, two preachers. And um, yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Kenneth Copeland. And um, I can remember the other guy real quick, but it but doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, Jesse Duplantis, I think. Jesse Duplantis or Duplantis, whatever his name is. And Kenneth Copeland. These guys are talking about planes, about why they need to take a private jet. Hmm. Okay. It's about a five minute deal. We're going to roll through with it. I'll get the okay. mics open. We might have to stop it if we need to. Okay. These are them justifying. Very late on me. A private jet. Just before I. Oops, let me start it over again. <laughs> I've had a Flying home from way. a meeting. And I had All right, let me do it again. Here we go. And take two. <laughs> but first, before I read the scripture, Amos chapter six, Brother Copeland, I was flying home from a meeting, and I had come out of a glorious meeting. I had just finished, me and Cruffalo Dollar were preaching. So I was... Okay, wait, before we get into that, do you know who Creflo Dollar is, by the way? No, I don't He's not. another evangelist. He, television, okay. you know, he actually put a FundMe account for a private jet. <laughs> not kidding. Like a Kickstarter for a private jet. Let's continue. Let's do lack that. Lack of a better way to say it, I was spiritually high. I said, people yeah. were saved, yeah. touched, and blessed. Got in the plane that God so Touch graciously prayer. gave us, and we're flying home. <laughs> As I was going home, the Lord, real quickly, he said, Jesse, do you like your plane? Now, you know, I thought that's an odd statement. He gave, I said, well, certainly, Lord. He said, do you really like it? And I thought, well, yes, Lord. Then he said this, so that's it? I didn't know how to handle that for me. I went, what? He said, you're going to let your faith stagnate? And when he said that, that shocked me. I went, whoa, wait. I literally unbuckled my seatbelt, my plane, I stood up. My pilots looked right and said, do you need something? I said, no, no, I'm talking to God right now. And he went back to flying. I said, Lord, I don't think I was letting my faith stagnate. He said, so this is all I could ever do. I said, you want, you, you're trying to tell me something. He said, go to the book of Amos. So if you had the book of Amos, I want to read may, the scripture. May I interrupt right you there yes, sir. Here it comes. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have done that on an airliner. No, sir. No way. Stand up and say, what'd you say, Lord? No. Okay, no, yeah. And the guy sitting over there saying, what the hell does he think he's doing? <laughs> you can't do you that. You can't do that. No, no. This, this is so important. And those of you that are, that are just now coming into these things, um, in, in the first place, Jesse and, 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 and I and, and others, Keith Moore and Creflo and all of us, the world is in such a shape. We can't get there without this. That's right. So if I say... Lord talks to me. <laughs> I need my own jet. Yeah. Awesome. You can probably raise <laughs> you can probably raise <laughs> you can probably raise your own money on that. I'm sure people oh, will chip in. That's funny. Dude. We've got to have this. We would have the mess that the airlines are in today, I would have to stop. I'm being very conservative. At least <laughs> 75 to 80, more like 90% of what we're doing, because you can't get there can't, from here. It's impossible. It's so impossible. we, we yeah. had, and, and this was such a good illustration. I just, mm -hmm. the, the Lord impressed me. That's why we're on that airplane. We can talk to oh, God. Oh, we God. Can, we, it's, we, it, it's When I was flying for <laughs> Oral Roberts, the, uh, Brother Deweese, my, my mm -hmm. boss on the airplane, he said, now, Kenneth, this is sanctuary. It protects the anointing 
on, on uh, uh, Brother, Brother Roberts, Roberts, and he said, you keep your mouth shut. Don't talk to him unless he talks. Because when he's on a meeting, he doesn't talk to anybody but God. Now, Oral used to fly airlines. Right. But it, even back mm -hmm. there then, man, mm -hmm. it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirit. Sure. People coming up to him. He right. had become famous, and they wanted him to pray for him and right. all that. You, you can't. You, you can't manage that today. Right. The, this dope-filled world. Right. And get in, an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. <laughs> right. That's exactly the and it, it's <laughs> How many followers do these people have? I know, right? It goes, it goes on. Deadly. And, and it works on your heart. It really does. So I, anyway, I, I wanted to make that clear so the devil can't lie to you and say, see there, them preachers spending all that money, just, just fat cats riding around. No, we're not. We're in business. To do. Listen, <laughs> Don't worry I could that. scratch my flying itch with my little single-engine open-cockpit airplane. Right. I just come home and fly around in that and scratch my flying itch. That doesn't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> but right. we're, in, we're, in, we're in soul business here. Right. I'm we're glad we got you guys said it. We've got a dying world around us. Just, we got a dying nation around us. That's right. And we can't even get there on the earth. You, can, you can't. <laughs> let, let me give you an example before I read the scripture. It, <laughs> some people say, why do you need an airplane? It started out about a couple of weeks ago. I, I was in Fort Worth. I preached for, on a, a Sunday, a Friday night and a Saturday. I was in Fort Worth preaching for Jerry Savelle. Sunday morning, I was in Boston, Massachusetts. Monday, I was in New Orleans. Tuesday, I was in Chicago. Wednesday, I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thursday, I was in New Orleans. Friday, I was in San Antonio, Texas. Saturday, I was in New Orleans. Sunday, I was in another <laughs> city. I actually have a Delta captain that lives close to my house. I brought him that schedule. I said, can you fly this? He said, no, and I wouldn't. If <laughs> when do you sleep? We're about the farthest on the airplane. On the airplane so on. I can grab it, see. Yeah. So now, when God is speaking this to me, he said, so this is all I could ever do. And I'm thinking, in, in myself, well, yeah, I mean, you know, this is a phenomenal aircraft you're giving us. He said, then when he said, you're going to let your faith stagnate. Now, that caught my attention. When God tells you your faith stagnating, yeah. you better start listening. Well, yeah. So, and I thought, stagnating? You I'm, can't stay here. Yeah. You got to do this or you're going to do this. He said this, you're on cruise control. You're moving, but no longer by your power. See? That's what the DVD is about. That's what the DVD is about. Yeah, yeah, he said, you're moving, but no longer by your I power. I just want to throw it in because they threw in that sales pitch at the end for the DVD. Isn't that insane oh how they gosh. try to justify this? How much money could they be using to actually right. help the people, which is what a church is supposed to do? I can't get there from here. I can, yeah, you can. You have a YouTube page. You got a little internet. Yeah. You can be right there. You're everywhere. <laughs> you don't need to fly. Look, it's a, that's private stuff right there. That's yeah. church stuff. They, you know, it's free money for them. Right. And they get to write it off as a tax break because, you know, they, mm -hmm. you know, they're allowed to at this Which point. Which is why they should not ask FEMA for money. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so people want to, you know, keep these people in business, then that's their, that's your business. You know, yeah. I don't care what you do with You're your gonna money. You're going to fall for that. Right. That's another thing. You want to fall for that. But, I mean, just listening to them justify Ugh. this plane, again, is on their end, whatever, because they're a private entity. But it's show business. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking the same thing that Tom Price is thinking and, and the other you know, a-holes in Washington who are using private jets to get and do their dirty right. business for them. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you know, why can't we have more transparency with our with our government? Why can't we have a set set of rules, you know, that says, all right, here you are. These are the ways you have to get around town now. 
yeah. or the ways you have to get around, everything you move and do will be through us and when Uncle Sam's your travel agent, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We got you covered no matter where you need to go. This is what you're going to need to use. Great. Commercial airlines, there you go. You get a free flight, so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're there and back no matter what. What do you want? There's already a plane going there. <sighs> yeah. All right. But, you know. That was fun. So how <laughs> the world works, Kevin. <laughs> that was fun, though. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show business. Yeah, I know. So we have a few minutes before the top of the hour. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much all I really wrote down today. Well, what, something that maybe I should say for aliens is gas, but whatever. I'll talk about it now. What's that? They discovered off the... Um, some coast of well, some part of Egypt, some coast. I think it's right by Egypt. Rats, I forgot. Um, but they discovered a whole bunch of uh, Egyptian artifacts from like sixth century BC, dude. Really? Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna find uh, what is it? Okay, so it's the ancient city of Herel. Crap, dude. Yeah. Heracleion. Herclean. Yeah. Herclean. Her- I don't know. Herclean. Yeah. Anyway, they found a whole bunch of stuff. All right. And so I would just wonder if they're going to find any alien artifacts. <laughs> if anybody listening wants to follow some of the stuff we do, you can find us on Instagram with the aliens with gas. It's two S's there, aliens with gas on Instagram. Follow those pictures and the memes that we post up there. Uh, it's a good way to see and follow how we uh, promote our show. And yeah. you, know, you can listen to us wherever you are on the phones, app, and stuff like that. Yeah. So in the meantime, um, we have a few minutes left. And see our website and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Go check that out. Uh, we have shirts. We do. I'm going to make uh, – we have to do a little promo for that in a couple of weeks so you guys can get shirts for that. Yeah. I'm excited. They're the most comfortable shirt in the world. I've worn mine <laughs> three days in a row, just so you know. <laughs> Quality is so important when it comes to shirts. Kevin is now officially a cartoon character. His closet is going to be filled with only Aliens with Gas t-shirts <laughs> and the same shorts. And then it will be same outfit every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the same shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. So I have a Lana Turner song. This, this is a very funny comedian. And she was in studio on another show I did a long time ago. And she, did the, she debuted this song on my show. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I was really like, oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's called The Skunk Song. (laughs) That's what she says. The Skunk Song. And we'll listen to this as we go out today on the Going Global with Gas Man show. When we come back, though, the extraterrestrial rock show will be here. Aliens. With gas. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, enjoy your few minutes of break time. And then we'll be right back here with uh, that show. <laughs> right here on the voiceofamerica.com variety show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are doing a little oh, break. sorry. I'm, I'm on like two pots, two pots of coffee right now. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Legalizing pot ends up in stories like this. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So here you go. Well, people like to say that dog is man's best friend. But when dog's best people, that's when friendships end. I prefer a different species who always has my back. An adorable, stinky mess. White stripe on top of black. Because my skunk, he cares my stuff for me. Oh, my skunk. Well, policemen, let me be with my skunk. 
he's the best and that's no lie well there's nothing better than smoking skunk while getting your skunk high <laughs> yeah he's paranoid with social anxiety well He's a mess, but when he smokes weed, all of that seems to regress. Cause when he isn't smoking, he goes into a funk. And no one likes to hang out with an anxious skunk. <laughs> with my skunk, it's always 420. He eats rodents and bugs when he gets the munchies. Oh, my skunk. Well, he's the When, boy, when are you going to get your act together? Up in smoke, that's where my money goes. In my lungs. Sometimes up my nose When troubled times Begin to bother me I take a tote And all my cares Go up in smoke site, Bobby finds a small idol that was unearthed by one of the workmen. 
Bobby is unaware that according to ancient island superstition, the idol is taboo and brings bad luck to those who touch it. What if I told you I'd take you to a place you'd never been and do something to you that's never been done? You got to check it out. It'll boogie woogie on your brain. Open your mind real wide now. Now. Freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man, man. Well, we crossed over the border into New Hampshire, and I think we started to see this light following. Actually, in the very beginning, I noticed a bright light in the sky, and I thought I was discovering a new planet until it started to move. And this was about, oh, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So we stopped the car and got out. We thought it was a plane. So we stopped the car to get out to look at it. And that's when uh, it changed direction and started coming in towards us. And then it followed us for about 30 miles. Paced our car. Yes, Bobby did in World War II. He knew planes, and he's trying to identify this. And it's flying in a very erratic manner, which was very puzzling to us. But this is 61. We'd heard. UFO. Well, actually, in those days, they called them flying saucers. We had no idea what a flying saucer looked like, but we had no fear, just curiosity. We were trying to identify this craft. In the Indian Head area, I'm trying to attract the attention of this craft. I'm telling it, come on in. Hi. I got the window down. I'm yelling to her. Hi, hi. Who are you? Aliens. With gas. Man. Yeah, there you go. That is <laughs> Betty Hill. It. Who are you? Hi, come on in. <laughs> Little did she know. Yeah. So this was before the incident. Yeah, this is a confession from her on camera in 99 during an interview. Oh. And she's talking about her experience with Barney, of course, the big, big, you know, popular, I guess you could say, abduction case in UFOlogy. And it happens to be that the, the um, what is it, the... 56th year anniversary. September 19th is when it happened. Oh, wow. So a couple days ago would be the anniversary of the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Nice. Yeah, and I have another... I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know it either, really. It's just, you know, <laughs> one of those things. You just kind of... Just the timing of it all happens to be today, you know, a couple days after the anniversary. Right. So I'm like, well, we have to play this. Plus, you know, we've never heard a clip from her before. Right. So I happen to find it online, so... Very interesting uh, clip, and uh, we have another bit I'll play from that, her talk about before they get onto the ship. Because oh. there's another bit. Because yeah. all we really know about is that there's an abduction, and her dress got ripped. Yeah, well, yeah. And a few other things went on, but yeah. we don't know like exactly what happened. But she's telling us the story, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I dig it. The Extraterrestrial Rock Show has begun. My name's Kevin Gassman. Of course, you can call me Gas. It's all good. And I'm Heidi Gad. You are. And for the next hour, we're going to be discussing the strange and unusual, as always. And uh, we're going to be doing it with a special guest very soon. Yeah. Yeah, from the Lance Lopez band. Lance Lopez will be calling us up. And he's a big blues rock and roll star, and he's going to be talking aliens with us. It's awesome. Yeah, so I, I love having these musicians on, and I mean, really, this interview is about aliens, right? Yeah, you know? and I like that. I think it kind of gets people on uh, on the same ground as all of us because it's a human thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I think it makes some people Google that person more, like, right. you know, like, hey, maybe I've never heard of that musician, or I didn't know they were like 
that. Right, involved in the yeah. scene and least interested. And then interested. it makes the person, like, follow them more. Well, again, we talk about how, like, everyone should be interested. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm wearing my Aliens with Gas shirt. It's true. I'm at a, well, I'm <laughs> but I'm wearing it at a supermarket. <laughs> and the checkout girl is checking out my oh. shirt. And I'm thinking, like, all right, this is really cool. Maybe she's interested. So I have to open my mouth and say, do you like aliens? <laughs> she's like, well, I don't really believe in them. I'm like, really? You don't believe in them? You don't want to, like, consider the thought at all? That's, you know, that's kind of what we right. want, isn't it? Just to consider the thought. Right, just the idea. Right, but you it's tell possible. me that you don't believe in it. Did you explain the Drake equation to her at that point? Yeah, right. <laughs> Fermi's paradox. I don't know, right? There's just so much, right? There's just so much out there that it's at our fingertips, the knowledge, at least yeah. putting your own facts together, or at least your own Just to be, to hold that much of a blind eye to, right. you know, stars. Right. Dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we still have, by the, by the time we are recording the show, it is at 4.04 Pacific Standard Time. Yes. On September 23rd, yep. which apparently was supposed to be the end of the world. Yep, yet again. Right. <laughs> I mentioned this before, as I say, when you go to a bar and there's a sign that says, free beer tomorrow, <laughs> I feel like the same sign can be held everywhere. It says, the end of the world tomorrow. Uh, make that meme tonight. Yeah, I might as well, right? <laughs> Because it, everyone just wants to have that prediction, you know. Everyone yeah. wants. To be, what do you What do you gain by being right? Well, I asked, you know, I mean, no on gonna, my Facebook, if yeah. you know, if anybody sees anything weird, we would like right. live updates, please. Well, more earthquakes are happening. I see yeah. that. Is that part of the equation? Mm, I mean, you can jump on well, when when all these natural disasters start happening. It's easy to point blame to another source. Yeah. Or you know, create it as a religious thing. There's other sources, though, that were, like, there's a star that was but, out during the time of Jesus, and it's here it, again. Or, it's right, okay, so everyone know. gets all spazzy for right. that. Right, so it's like, okay, so part some of you are like, oh, no, it's just the star, and then the other ones are like, oh, no, it's, you know, we're going to die, it's right. Armageddon. right. The reaping is happening, or Did what is it called? The reckoning? Yeah, <laughs> the reaping. The reaping. <laughs> Sure, the reaping sounds good to me. <laughs> Same difference, really. Right. <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> people are going to be plugged from the, you know, from, we can see people floating into the sky, basically, right? Uh, is that where heaven is above? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unless it's when bad aliens come, they suck you up. I yeah, I don't know. The end of the world. Drink your blood. Think about back in the day when crazy stuff happened, you know, when you saw lights in the sky or you saw maybe interesting weather patterns and tornadoes at first you're thinking what the hell is this right. you're probably going to associate it with something magical or mystical or something yeah. you know godlike and stuff like that so how much of that is really still here with us as our human makeup you know right. during our times of lo of living at this point how many people will still look at those certain signs as being biblical or being magical probably whatever it lot. is they still do right we haven't evolved yet from that yeah. And it's not an evolving of, you know, having three ears or, you know, extra fingers or something. It's an involvement of an involvement of the mind. Right. You know, it's evolving the mind. So like maybe so people just realize like maybe sometimes when it rains and they really need it to, it's because collective consciousness of people wanted it to rain there. And that's a possibility. I mean that's where the rain dances come yeah. through with, you know, the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it does work for well, them as far we, as... Well, and if we, you know, believe at all that there could be a possibility of collective consciousness, and I'm not talking, like, the Borg or whatever, but, like, but where if, everybody's thoughts, like, 
just kind of float around as energy. And if there's enough of them that want the same thing, but then what does that say about all the bad stuff that's happening? Is there just that many bad thoughts that it's making bad stuff happen? And really it's just all like this, I don't know. That's a good like, question. <laughs> it's like there, a mini multiverse inside of us. Well, I don't think maybe people are thinking the bad thoughts as much as not not thinking the positive thoughts, I guess. I mean, because if you're not mm-hmm. thinking positive, you're, you're not thinking destruction. This, those things just happen because there is no positive coming out. Possibly. That's, that's the effect of no positive thinking is what we're seeing today, maybe. I mean, who knows? Because uh, we always talk about maybe what is the human power? You know, what is our... And it's got to be collective consciousness. It has right. to be the, the collective thought of all of us. If we all can believe in one thing and then all have that thought pattern going, hey, maybe we can, you know, I don't know, have a more positive attitude yeah. towards each other. We can change things. I mean, who knows? Because we never tried it. Right. You know? We should try it. They don't want us. Man. Let's make a Facebook event. <laughs> For what? That everybody tries to think, like, a nice thought at this particular one time <laughs> worldwide. We had a thing. Once, we Tell had your a, friends. We had a lady on our show. She was a dream, uh, not interpreter much as much as uh, maybe, maybe lucid dreaming type of stuff. And we talked about maybe we should have a dream in. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. Did we talk about that with you? Was that on Aliens with Gas Show. Was it? I, I can't remember if it feels a really long time ago with my other co-host or not. But I know it was a couple years ago at least. Either that or we talked about it on the show. Possibly. It's but, like familiar to me. Yeah, if we all went to bed one night and had one positive thing to think about. Maybe yeah. we can think about who knows, but you need a lot of people to change something like that. Right. But if yeah, I like I saw something last night as I was googling and looking around online how to how to summons a Pleiadian. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that was the YouTube video that I saw. How to <laughs> how to summons a Pleiadian, and it basically means first you got to shower. Okay, so, so they to, want you to be clean. They want you to be clean. Okay. You need to lay on your bed on your back with your hands on your stomach. Okay. And you need to basically sit there motionless. You can't move anything on your body. You can't move anything. Just sit there. They don't want you to pass out. You need to keep your mind active, but your body is still as like, you know, light as light as a feather, stiff as a blade. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it reminded me of. And then you have to like for a while just think about, okay, Pleiadians, I'm ready for you to contact me. Hmm. And then apparently you will feel their presence and what have you. And then you ask them questions and then they apparently tap you on your finger or, you know, yes, no questions. And then they tap your right hand for yes, left hand for no, whatever you set it up for. Hmm. And then that's how they communicate with you. Were there any testimonials on this site about, you know? No, the... I just checked it out online. I was hmm. like, I was watching the video and, you know, it's just a musical video. I'm curious what kind of question you would ask a Palladian. I mean, would you be selfish? Mm, would you be like what about me 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 or do you think is this human is this is our society gonna last yeah i I don't think i would be selfish but in general are we gonna make it out of this well you know yes Mm. or no should we not worry about anything i'd be like are you guys ever going to show yourselves to humanity so then Uh, that way you know everyone could be like hey let's get along (laughs) (laughs) kind of a long yes or no question but (laughs) that's kind of how my mind works i like to be detailed to get you know if you're only getting a yes or a no you better be sure your yes is specific. There you go. All right. Lance Lopez is going to be with us pretty soon. Pretty soon. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. All right. So I uh, noticed a story we talked about here a couple weeks ago about this alien or gremlin type of being that was seen in a Mexican parking lot. Right. So, or, par- or I should say it more politically correct, in a parking lot in Mexico. Right. Oh, I didn't even. <laughs> I was like, why was that not politically correct? 
All right, so <laughs> then there was a story we talked about in Indonesia about these motorcyclists who were riding in the jungles, seeing this being kind of wherever it was, a small right. humanoid figure, yeah. as much as the one in the parking lot. Kind of looked naked, too. Yeah, very kind of a tan or very beige-looking mm-hmm. skin, run away from the motorcycles. Really fast. And they chased it, and they couldn't find it. And they were like, the video of the camera is the, I'm looking for this thing. It was, right. You know, it seems legit. Well, it went into that big field of, like, tall. Right. Which, was, I don't know if I'd run in there after it. Well, it was Just, holding, like, a spear, too, or something yeah. like that. It was holding something. <laughs> I don't know what it was. So I put these two things, these creatures, together. Yeah. And going, what's going on here? These are two different continents, but right. these creatures look the same almost. Yeah. They're both really short. I think the, the Indonesian thing might be a little bit, maybe a little taller than the maybe. one in the Mexico. It's hard to say, though. Right. I mean, it seemed like, yeah, it was a little taller. Right. But two, in the one in the parking lot, you can see, I don't ever noticed it before, but you can see the reflection I in the I car. I pointed that out to you, right? Well, yeah. the, the, oh, you I, did? I, I did. Forgot. On the show. I was like, yeah, I did. You can go back and listen to the tape. <laughs> well, I noticed something. Yeah. No, that was something that I noticed, right? I was like... <laughs> Go back and listen to the tape, Heidi. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, it's cool. I was just saying, like, because, yeah, that's one of the things that stood out to me as being, like, a legit, like, right. this thing might be real because that reflection in that car. I mean, they could CGI. We could go back to that. But right. I don't know. It just seemed like if it is somebody Photoshopping, CGI, whatever. It's really good. It's, yeah. And the shadow of it. And even the mm-hmm. shadow of the, the creature running in Indonesia. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe it was overlaid. Maybe it was a, a warthog yeah. you know, that got overlaid. Maybe it was by, a planned thing. Right, exactly. So, we don't know, but yeah, it's one of those things. It's weird, man. Yeah, exactly. So all we can do is talk about it and speculate if it's if it's real mm-hmm. or if it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about one of those stories a little bit later on. Yeah. After we talk with Lance Lopez. So all right, I got a Liz Fair tune. Okay. Supernova is the song. Mm. It's got a naughty word to it. All right, so right now we'll play this. I have another clip from uh, Betty Hill. We'll hear after the song, and then we'll come back with Lance Lopez. You're tuned into Aliens with Gas. Man. And at that point, it left the top of the mountain, came out over the highway, and stopped in midair directly in front of us, maybe about 50 feet in the sky. So body got out with the binoculars in an attempt to identify the craft. And when he looked up, he saw a circular window with a bright light behind it. And he saw these men standing behind the window looking down at him. And at that point, the craft began to descend. And he became frightened. Ran back to the car saying he thought they were trying to capture him. So we got in the car and we went speeding down the highway to avoid capture. And as they're driving along, there's beeping sounds. That sounds like something was hitting the trunk of the car and the car vibrated. And then we drove along for about another 30 miles when Barney turned off onto a side road and here were the group of men he'd seen on the craft standing in the middle of this road, blocking our way. And naturally he had to stop the car. And they came up in two groups, took us out of the car, passed in the woods to where the craft was on the ground. Aliens. With gas. Man. Yeah, it's Betty Hill talking more about the abduction case of her being led into the machine because it's we don't crazy. You know, I mean, hear that part. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah, right? We'll Come just, on in. Yeah, well, I just thought of like seeing 
them looking down at you right. from a craft. Well, remember my thing with uh, Mark O'Connell a couple weeks ago that the Close Encounters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> having these machines see you because I think within, if no matter what, I think with any kind of UFO or, or flying saucer right. or any kind of you know alien ship, if you can see it, it can see you. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just have to, have to feel like that. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> this, there's no other ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's why I thought when he would mention that. It's like a cop, man. Right. <laughs> Damn it, he saw me. <laughs> I hope that's going the right speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's the Betty Hill experience. But she talks about when, she, when they walked her up into the ship. Um, these, these beings weren't, they were humanoid looking, right. but they didn't have the exact features as humans, but you, they can tell that it was yeah. us being human. Right. So. It's amazing. What an experience. Yeah, I know. I'm getting a phone call. I don't think this is the, uh, <laughs> might be the wrong line, but I, gotta, I do have to answer this, yeah, Heidi. Why don't you tell me where case. they can find us online and everything. So you like can that. find us um, on our website, aliens.com, two S's, uh, SoundCloud. Instagram, oh. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, yeah. pretty much anywhere, as long as you type in um, Aliens with Gas 2 S's. And if you go to our Instagram, that's where all of Kevin's really weird memes are. They'll hopefully give you a laugh. And then, of course, on our Facebook page, oh. we're always just posting up uh, random stories and Kevin's oh. memes and places you can find us. So that's that. Heidi had a fit. Well, you can't even turn your mic. Heidi had to fill in. <laughs> Good shot. <laughs> nice. All right, yeah. So uh, we had to get Lance the correct number, but he's calling in in a moment here. But uh, all right. Oh yeah. Please check out some of the past shows and uh, enjoy some of the stuff we have to offer because you know we talk to musicians and uh, bands and uh, get their thoughts and see how it affects mm-hmm. their music and. And on the phone with us right now from the Lance Lopez band, it's Lance Lopez, and he's, I mean, this is blues rock band, and he's hes a legend, man. He's been around for a long time, and he's still jamming around, and he's got an album out that's been out for a little bit, of, and it's a, kind of a super band, is that what you're saying here, Lance, here, supersonic blues machine? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, man, uh, actually, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of a collective, it's kind of a specialized project, man. We did a couple records. You know, we've got one that's coming out uh, next month. But, yeah, it's kind of a collective of, of, of artists, uh, you know, guitar players, lots of different blues rock yeah. um, musicians. Yeah, you, not, not just any guitar players here. I think you're being modest, of course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gibbs. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you know, these guys, they're all, they're, they were all my really good friends. So, you know, it's, it, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we had, uh, namingly, we had Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. Um, we've had, uh, we had Robin Ford, uh, the new album's got Steve Lukather of Toto, you know, Eric Gales, um, uh, Chris Duarte, Walter Trout, um, you know, got some, some really That's... great guys that are all just dear Warren Haynes. I mean, how can I forget Warren Haynes was on the first album. So, uh, you know, I mean, these guys are just great friends of mine, man, you know, so we just, we kind of threw this all together and, uh, put some, put together some cool songs and then we've gone out and, uh. You know, done a couple of little get-togethers, you know, with it. I, so, I, I love it, man. Absolutely. I'm sure it opens up to a huge, <laughs> uh, you know, a welcome party for anybody who wants to grab a guitar and jump on stage, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we had, uh, you know, we had some, uh, we had a lot of, lot, of, lot of real good fun with a with few little uh, shindigs we had. So, yeah. <laughs> This is the extraterrestrial rock show, but we're going to get more into the alien side of things here. Yes. And I understand, Lance, that you are really interested in this uh, in this world, in this uh, realm. Oh, man, I have been for many, many, many years. 
many, many years. I mean, it really got heavy around um, around the, the millennium change, around the late 90s, early 2000s, and um, when the Internet really started kind of going very strong. And I, uh, I kind of did a lot of searching around, and it was really kind of funny because, you know, I was familiar with Eric Von Daniken's work, and back then, man, I just emailed him, and he started emailing me right back. <laughs> and uh, it was really crazy, man. And then that's how I, I met uh, Giorgio Sukalos through that. And uh, we, we had a lot of great exchanges back at, during that. This is, and we're talking the early 2000s, late 90s. And, uh, you know, those guys are all rock stars now, you know. <laughs> and uh, But it was, but it, back then, it was, yeah, I mean, I really got, um, got really heavily into it, man. I, I was, had a lot of... Uh, real heavy interest in, in Mars. And I kind of had, uh, I had a few kind of like, just to be real frank, but I had a, had a few little pretty groovy little psychedelic experiences, man. Oh yeah. And where like, I was total out of body experience that man, that I was like on the surface of Mars, you know, and it was really heavy. And so I, it really kind of stayed with me for quite some time. And I just really was, just became so enamored in it, man, that, um, I reached out one day. That's what I said. I got into it, and I reached out one day to Eric. I said, man, this guy's never going to email me back. Right. And boom, right away, Eric Von Daniken emailed me right back. Wow, and did so you? we got into this big exchange, and I just started really, like, hanging with those guys and exchanging a lot of emails and, and reading a lot of different books. And, and that just opened, you know, doors into a lot of other, a, a lot of other things in the subject. And then, uh, you know. And when I was, uh, you know, and early in my teens, man, I had quite an experience, man. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you guys about that was that was pretty heavy. That kind of enthralled me into it even more, you know. And that was long before all, you know, the exchanges with those guys. Um, I was playing clubs, you know, very, very young in my uh, in my teens. You know, my I was about 14. I started playing clubs in New Orleans, and then we moved to the southwest uh, coast of Florida. And um, I was down in that area and playing all these clubs, you know, and, and playing with, you know, I played with all adult bands and stuff. And so on the breaks, man, I would just kind of go out and wander around in the parking lot, you know, and just kind of hang out. And, um, man, one day I was on a break. I was playing a, a club in, in Port Charlotte, Florida, man. And I um, walked out in the back, and it was kind of, you know, you had all these palm meadows and kind of palm trees and stuff. And I walked out at the back behind the shopping center, and I looked out in the woods, and you could I, I, did, I thought they were lights, you know, the lights that had kind of the spotlights that would shine up, you know, when, a, when a, somebody was having a big party or oh, yeah, a premiere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looked like that, but the light didn't look on, and it was a big metallic thing like that, and it was the top of it was spinning. It looked like a light, and I thought, wow, the lights aren't on. And right before me, it vanished. Like, wow. it didn't even, it, it, and there was no, like, upward ascension or it didn't move. It just dematerialized right there and i thought it was a light that was like i said a premiere movie premiere light or something you know that was the thing that kind of really i thought had to have been some sort of a extraterrestrial otherworldly spacecraft basically interdimensionally vanished in front of me man oh man it almost uh, seems like it cloaked itself like do you get did you ever get that feeling like it just like put a cloak over it because it it saw that you were watching it (laughs) probably i mean it could have been i don't know i didn't even you know that was the thing about it is it was moving and it had moving parts on it but it didn't make any sound there was no light there was no sound 
And, then just and like a, that's what was crazy about it. It was moving and it wasn't making any sound. Dude, you saw so, a UFO. Um, <laughs> I'm going to yeah, say it. Pretty heavy. You saw yeah, a that's, UFO. Yeah. That's really interesting to see something like that, especially at that age going, you know, this, I mean, it probably left you <laughs> speechless, I'd imagine. Right, yeah, and it was just, I, I mean, I didn't even really know what to even think about it. You right. know, I, I kind of walked around, and I, I never really talked about it for years. You know, I didn't even, I, I just, I never really even talked about it. It was one of those things I just didn't really even think about. And, man, I've had a lot of other experiences, especially driving at night, you know, from, from Dallas to Los Angeles, driving through the desert. Yeah. We've seen all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. So right. it, there was many others other than that. But that was my first really actual true I believe that's exactly what that was, you know. Well, so, I, I got a question. That was the first time Yeah, I got a question, yeah. though, as far as, you know, um, you know, you had this experience standing on Mars. So you were 14, you saw this. When well, was... that was actually, this experience was probably, I would say, three or four years before I had kind of the out-of-body thing right. happening. Okay. This was, that was before that. So I saw that. Right. Long before before I had kind of the OBE experience of 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 that whole thing, so right. that was actually way before that. So yeah. well, um, what we were saying too is earlier we were saying that when a UFO, when you see a UFO, there's no doubt that you, this UFO saw you. Right? Like, do you feel that as well? Yeah. I mean, do you felt that it was looking at you? Do you get that kind of feeling? I don't know, man. I, you know, probably. I mean, maybe. I mean, that just like you know, just like what you guys just said. I mean, it could have just saw me i mean it was just kind of me just i was just stumbling around out in the back alley just killing time on a break and <laughs> looked up and i was like wow what's that and then it was gone so wow. you know obviously i mean it had you know right it had to have you know if, if here i came you know bumbling along so you know, <laughs> i don't know man I'm, just some kid you know, they're all like oh <laughs> yeah right we better get out of right. here this kid this kid knows too exactly. much <laughs> have you had other out-of-body experiences besides just that one or is that the only one? Oh no yeah yeah i mean there was there was a lot like you know but that 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 one was the most profound because it was just like you know i mean man it was just so real you know and it, that's what it just enthralled me into the whole subject of that planet you know and into into the whole that whole world and then once i kind of go man why did i cuz i asked myself why did i have that experience why would i right. go there why would that even happen why would that be so en- enthralling and be so real and why would i it looks so real right. and uh so then once I started digging into the subject, I found all kinds of crazy stuff and was like, wow. You know, so then it just, I just immersed myself into it because I had no idea, you know, and that's, that's where I was at. I was like, why would I, why would this even come about? Like, right. well, I don't even think about, right. what you, I wouldn't even think about Mars, you know? Well, that's the thing. And, I mean, uh, Mars is one of those planets that they say a lot of us here on this planet come from. That, yeah. That's, that's one yeah. of the, the, uh, the theories. Some of the people on this planet are from Venus. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm not trying to be like a cliche on the book. I'm just trying to say it's like that's what some people think is that our planet is a mixture of a few different races. And Mars is one of them. Well, now I'm going to ask you, what was your experience on Mars? Were you wearing a space helmet or do, were you just you on, on the planet? I remember distinctly. I mean, I can tell you, I can remember distinctly, like my foot, the side of my foot, like hitting the ground and watching the sand come up. Like, I can remember distinct, and it was, like, all very slow motion. And I remember looking back up at the sky, and and it was uh, and it was kind of like a night. It was nighttime, you know, so it was in the landscape. I can remember it very vividly. But, 
that's why it was so compelling because it was so realistic. You know, I don't, I don't know. It, it yeah, it was, uh, it was very heavy. So did very you, heavy to say the least. So. Right. Did you feel comfortable there? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what compelled me to just dig into it. Right. You know, that's what kind of compelled me to dig into it. So, you know, I don't want to get on here and be like, I'm, I'm a Martian. <laughs> you know. No, no, right. I got you, man. But I'm, maybe. <laughs> hey, we, right, right, right. Maybe. How do we, we know? None of us know exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But having these How experiences, right, right. That's what I'm saying. We have Lance Lopez on the phone, the Lance Lopez band, and. <laughs> Uh, and we were talking aliens with him and the experience you have and to, to feel like it's like it happened in real life, you know, to have that outer, outer body experience. I mean, that's not a lot of people get that feeling. So are you are you pretty much open minded to this or do you feel like this really was associated with that that sighting when you were 14? I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really know if they were associated or not. I mean, it, it could very well be. I don't I really know. Um you know, uh, I've talked to, to other friends about it, and, and yeah, we've, we've gotten discussions about it, and, and uh, that, that's that been brought up, you know, um, and, you know, I just, I don't know, man, I, I and I don't know really how to relate it other than that was the, the initial, the initial, you know, sighting that I think I had, the very first one with the craft in the, in the woods, in the forest that I saw disappear, I don't. I don't know if it was connected to the out of body experience I had. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I've never even really correlated it. I've talked to people that had those theories before, but I. You know, right. it's not like where I go. Oh yeah, man. No, it was absolutely connected. It doesn't uh, to me. I don't know. You know, I just don't know. It doesn't feel like it. We have done stories where people have done. You, you, you're familiar with what uh, remote viewing is, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a story of somebody remote viewing going to Mars. Mm-hmm. And checking it out and seeing that there's actual maybe still people living there or if that's what they saw um, way underground. Uh, there used to be a society that lived and thrived, but then they destroyed themselves. I mean, like all this whole story. So, you know, when you go online and you search these things, you know, there's a, you know, of course, there's that fine line of what's what's real, and what's not, you know, so you have to kind of differentiate right. that for yourself. So, you know, but when you take certain stories from different sources and they're the kind of the same and they're telling the same story, you kind of have to come to a certain conclusion, don't you? I mean, I think that maybe there was a society on Mars that had a flea and come here to live. I mean, we don't know that. Yeah, I absolutely believe in that theory. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's too much. I mean, just with scientifically what what's available out there now that that we, you know, just, I mean, just even from the photos and the, and the, and the water, you know, the evidence of the water right? and, uh, just so much in the evidence of the landscape, especially coming from, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the recent photos of the curiosity rovers and the other, other rovers that have been up there, the, the really vivid HD stuff that we're, you know, we have available, you know, it, yeah, there, uh, there's too much evidence to points otherwise. I mean, you know, and, and, uh, one of the, you know, one of the first things I really got into once I started, you know, you know, investigating all this and kind of researching it was the Cydonia region, you know, and really looking at those different Viking pictures in different, you know, angles, you know, right. and seeing that, man, that's pretty obvious that there, there's stuff on the landscape, you know, and, uh, I mean, it's very plausible. I mean, it's, you know, it's in kind of the same region as Earth for, you know, habitation and all that. So, you know, but it's like what actually happened there? You know, it's like what did happen that if something did happen, if there was a society, which which was it? I mean, 
could for me that's the that's the ultimate question. I mean, I I without a doubt believe there was a society on Mars that there was a highly advanced civilization there, uh, a, a advanced you know society there. But it's like, was it war or was it a cataclysmic event? I mean, what act? That's more my question. Right. Is like, what actually happened? You know, what sure. was the actually? Because I I think you know whatever happened there, I think there was things happening on Earth as well. We can learn you know, from probably it. other 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 planets, you know, at the same time. Well, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, but the thing know. is, you know, the the acknowledgement of our society to even believe that this is available for you know our pro- a possibility, you know, that they right. that this that this exists. There's still that rub, you know. There's a, a major portion of our society that won't accept this, you know. I mean, I don't know how many people you run into that say, "I don't believe it. I don't believe it." I mean, how? What do you? What's your percentage on running into people talking about this is it getting bigger as far as more people buying into it or do you find it still at the same percentage of some people don't buy it and some people do i think yeah it's kind of a 50 50 i mean a lot of my you know a lot of my close friends we we talk about it we're kind of all into the same stuff you know but yeah and it's just a very selective few that i do you know share this with you know a lot of times if if i really go off into it some people just go hey man what are you what are you smoking (laughs) (laughs) trust me we understand yeah Yeah, that's a little too much man you know so that's that's uh, that's where it's like you know very selective of it but yeah no i mean after spending almost 20 years researching it you know like i said after my obe experience and getting into that and then finding you know and then the connection back and forth i mean not just it beginning with me with mars but then you know like i said and then just looking at earth and going wow okay well that's you know you'd look at at mars and go wow there was obviously an ancient civilization here but what was going on here at the same time and what was going on in the moon at the same time so it's, uh, you know, it, there's there's so many different pathways to go down, you know, when you start getting into that. But, yeah, I mean, it's as far as, you know, that, I mean, I don't even I don't even think about that. I don't think about the uh, the whole what are they going to think about me, man, if I'm right, talking about right. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's the whole idea. That's the that's, well, that's the thing. But we're trying to do is maybe maybe with our show here on, on the extraterrestrial rock show is to try to make it comfortable to come out of the yeah. alien closet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's okay to come oh, out yeah. and be a part of everyone else who believes this is legit. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, our whatever we have going on as far as distractions away from real thought you know, the, once the nonsense gets taken off the air, then we can really focus on what is our reason for being on this planet? Right. Who are we? Let's figure that out first, right. then develop a society around that, yeah. as opposed to how we've built this society where we're at today, because I feel like we could do a yeah. lot better. But and, you, and you are not alone. I, I, <laughs> right. I feel like there have been... But I, that's the thing. That's what I was going. That was that's what I was getting to. I feel like there've been many societies on Earth, man. I think. Right. Oh, I'm sure. I think you know civilization and mankind and, and what we know as as humans. It's it's far far older than what mainstream science and and mainstream archaeology and all of the mainstream studies will will tell you. I mean, they they have a certain you know landscape of it's got to fit into this and it's got to be this and if it's not then it's just you know totally shunned and not brought in into into even accounting for and it's just written off completely right and i mean with them finding like you know gobekli tepai and all these different ruined structures and i mean and if you go to 
all of the holy writings of all these different religions on earth, it's kind of all right there when you start piecing them all together. Right. You know, uh, it's, it's when you, when you get into it, it's the stories kind of tell themselves. And even if they're just in little short, you know, couple of phrases, I mean, you know, it kind of all right there. So, I mean, for me, you know, in my theory, at least, and kind of what I believe, I think that it's, you know, it's kind of self-evident. I think that a lot of it's right, you know, in front of us. And also, you know, they're still finding stuff, like I said, like Gobekli Tepe and stuff in, in, in up in that region and, in, in, you know, in Turkey and, you know, what's so terrible about what's going on kind of in the war-torn countries in Iraq and all that, which was ancient Sumer. Right. I mean, that's where you go, man, this was just kind of a scratching of the surface because... You know, it, it's really crazy. Like when you read the ancient India, and I just, I just was in India, as a matter of fact. With um, we went, we were over there back in February, and uh, we had a great time. By the way, we we played. <laughs> they have a they have a great blues festival there. We were over there, and Billy Gibbons actually got over there a day or so before us. And man, he was like all into it. So he had kind of like explored around for a day because he'd never been to India. So we, we got over there, and he kind of gave me the lay of the land. But then the main thing I wanted to see was their temple complexes and a lot of the temples because I I had read, you know, the Bhagavad Gita and the stories of Rama and the battles and, you know, all those different things in the Mahabharata and all those stories. And, man, I, I really will have to tell you that when I got to India, I could kind of feel that, man, there, was, there, there just seemed like a sense of, I don't know, man, like maybe there was some kind of radioactivity, hmm. you know, and you can, and you read those stories and you go, man, these guys are, they're talking about, you know, nuclear war. And, uh, so going into their temples, it was really heavy. And I had a, I had a great friend of mine's guitar player that was playing with us, uh, a guy named Doug Rappaport. He plays with Edgar Winter and a couple other people. And, you know, we, we had to take our shoes off and go through the whole thing to go into the Hindu temples. And we went to the temple of Ganesh and we went in and, of course, they were kind of, you know, we were just there as tourists. And, of course, they were praying and it was like every few feet you had to give money to, to keep going further. And <laughs> anyway, they let us in there. And, and what they were allegedly supposed to be worshiping this tree was clearly, and I mean, no disrespect to their religion or their beliefs or whatever, but to me... It was clearly, you know, some sort of rocket or spacecraft, and it was allegedly called a tree. And I pointed that out to Doug, and Doug just, Doug did an about face, walked out. <laughs> Once wow. I showed him that, so talking about you know open mindedness, whatever, he was like, okay, man, because right. it was it was blatantly, uh, it was so obvious. Right. I mean, when you went in there and you went with that saying that and going, look, look at this right here. You see this and look at that. And it was like, okay, man, we're done. Yeah, that's so, right. You know, well, you're... it's like, you know, but for, but for me, it was really cool to go there and actually be where I'd, I'd read about all this. So, I mean, that's where I go, man, that's where we, we go back to, you know, those writings. And then you look at Mars and you look at the Earth and you look at the moon and different planets and go, man, was there some sort of a inter interstellar kind of battle between all these different areas, you know? I mean, it's just... You Battle know, it, well, yeah, me, look at the artwork. Well, yeah, it could, it could be the artwork. It could be the artwork. Yeah, the artwork even the establishes artwork. it. But it could be connections. It could be, you know, uh, transporting each other, you know, connecting in that direction as well. I mean, it could be blasts of, you know, nuclear radiation. I mean, I've seen stories about that way up in 
near Turkey, I think it is. There's a big spot up in that area, too, mm-hmm. where they had a, apparently a big, yeah. huge uh, you know, nuclear blast long, long, long time ago, of course, yeah. before any of this was a, you know, a reality for us today. But do you think, as far as you know, the, uh, planted around this globe, as Disney does with their movies, plant Easter eggs you know, all over the world for us to find and figure out the meaning of life? Um, you know, absolutely. I think you just got to know where to look and how to look, you know, but it's, right. uh, and sometimes I think that, yeah, I think that us as, you know, in the society that we live in and kind of the, the plan that we all kind of follow, it, I know for me personally, I think sometimes it can be too much. It can be too heavy to think, wow, man, you know, is this real and to go that deep and to get that big because really what it does is it makes everything else it it, it really what it brings what to me what i think it puts on the table is insignificant you know in in the point that it's like that there are powers that are so great that have you know the earth and 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 history is much older much 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 older than it really you know that what we're taught in in mainstream science that you know i think that it 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 does it completely uh it completely shifts everything and sometimes even for me it can be like that and i just it takes me a while to absorb some knowledge you know at first but you know it's uh yeah it's gonna shake your paradigm i think that i think that the majority is is that that's why it's it, it is the way it is i think the majority is is that way i think that it is uh it is you know very very heavy to think about those things but you know like i said again there it's all there really if you if you know how to read the writings and decipher the writings in a certain way, I mean, you know, for and, and looking at it in that light, it, it's really all right there, you know? Got to read between the lines, man. Yeah, they laid it out for us. Exactly. Right. So let me ask you this. Lance Lopez on the phone with us, our special guest <laughs> on the Extraterrestrial <laughs> Rock Show. Aliens. With gas. Man. All right. So as far as uh, other experiences maybe that you've had or maybe something out there that's really caught your eye, maybe an abduction story or maybe something as you travel around the country you've heard about. Is there anything stand out for you as something that was really extraordinary? Uh, as far as like what, like a personal experience of mine? Well, or, or just maybe around the country as you travel, maybe you speak to people and they tell you about something in their community or maybe you've heard stories about somewhere around the world or you know, just during your travels. Have you heard of anything? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just, uh, you know, there, there's it, that that would be, I mean, as of recent, that would have been the, the, the really one of the, the heaviest ones for me was going to India and seeing that. Um, we talk about it regularly with, with, with certain individuals, that, you know, like I said, that we feel that we can we can kind of have that conversation with. But as far as, uh, you know, anything that really stands out, no, I mean, not really. I mean, other than traveling through the desert at night I mean, right. seen, you know, a lot of crazy stuff go and go and we go wow man what is that is it i don't know do you know what do you think it is I don't, right you know it's like it's all that those those 4 a.m drives across i've done many a 4 a.m drive across new mexico and arizona and in that area and there's a lot of man i don't know what do you think i don't know yeah. what do you think i don't know right. just, I know. <laughs> I'll just, just keep going we've got a lot of those but yeah you know, I've, I've seen more in the sense of, uh, you know, in just different museums. And I just, I can't remember the exact, uh, the name of the museum. And I feel terrible now because it was, it was one of the most amazing I ever was, was visited. And uh, I was just in St. Petersburg, Russia back in June. Oh, wow. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and 
they're uh they've got some really heavy stuff in their museum there where it was uh you know it was very uh, very blatant and 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 I've seen some of the photos of these of some of these care you know these these carvings and these stone carvings and things and uh and it was what was so crazy is that it was there and and there was a there was a stone uh, wall and it would look just like Chaco Canyon. It looked like a lot of those drawings, which mm. was so crazy because they were somewhere over there in, uh, you know, Russia. I, yeah. And forgive me because I can't remember, but it, that correlation to see that wow, those are very similar. Of course, no, everybody I would didn't know what I was talking about. But <laughs> I, I knew, I knew, I knew what I right. saw, <laughs> and it was like wow, how are how are these drawings? like this on these cave walls that they found somewhere over in Asia in Siberia or wherever they found them in Siberia, just like the ones from Chaco Canyon, you know, from the Anasazi and from Arizona. It's like, right. you know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm always looking for uh, in traveling. Right. You know? Okay. So let me um, ask you this. Let me ask you this question. If you, if you were to explain to someone or if you had to give them one, a one liner that would convince someone to believe in UFOs and aliens, what would you tell them? Um, what kind I'm of telling them to watch ET, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go watch ET, bro. Don't yeah. cry at the end of ET. You <laughs> have, anymore, you have no soul. I, you, know, you know, if you can't cry, <laughs> ET is sick. We're done, bro. Yeah. That's right. Well, I, I got to tell you, like, <laughs> I, I would say, <laughs> I would say, if someone's, you know, like I said, what would you tell them as far as proof? I would say the cave drawings mm-hmm. and you know the the artists in the Renaissance period painting ufos in their artwork i would say is pretty good proof that something was going down a long time ago absolutely my one of mine is um the biggest one for me is the book of ezekiel in the bible in the old testament that's that's one that i show people a lot of and uh you know we read the book of ezekiel which which you know that could be a real touchy subject you know and when you when you look at that and it's like I mean, let's really look at this and talk about it for a minute. Let's read it. And, yeah, of course, you have the spiritual context of angels and, and spirits, but the way it's described in the in the in that first few, cha- you know, the, the first part of the book of Ezekiel, it's, it's like, man, and this is right here in the Bible. So the story of Ezekiel's wheel is, is very, very heavy to me, and it's one that I've pointed out to people that, you know, they've, you know, never seen in the Bible. And you'd be surprised. It's like, you know, you, you have these people that live in this society, quote unquote, and that, you know, follow the plan and kind of go the way they go. And they've never even seen that in the Bible before. And it's like, wow, well, you know, yeah, look, I mean, try reading a Bible, you know, and it's, uh, well, can it's you, pretty funny. I, I, I point that out. Yeah. You know, can, it's so available. Can I mean, you, I've uh, how many hotel rooms I've opened the door. Yeah, can you give us a little, uh, or like a little synopsis of it, a little summary? Yeah, of it? like a small elaboration. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Ezekiel was a slave. I mean, it was back, you know, it's Old Testament, so it's you know, ancient times. He's on the River Shabar. He's a slave. He escapes. You know, he's he's held in slavery. He escapes away from the slave chain, and you know, it was during the times of the warring of all those nations and and. Um, you know, he saw these four things come out of the, out of the sky, out of the firmament. You know, quote unquote, they called it, and they described these these basically these wheels, quote unquote, that with a being inside of them that 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 had four heads, 
you know, there was these four-headed creatures inside these, uh, you know, inside these wheels that landed on the riverbed. And they came to him, essentially, and they talked to him. He tried to hide from them. They found him. And then they fed him a, they, what they call a scroll. They put something in his in his mouth to go back and tell Israel, tell the Israelites, you know, give them a message. So what that could be, and I've seen, I've done a lot of research on it because it was one of the things that compelled me so much, especially because it was right there in the Bible. And I've seen a lot of uh, engineers and stuff that have actually recreated uh, some of the uh, the instructions of, because there's instructions in there of the crafts of the things that landed. Hmm. you know, and housing to, to, to house them. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, to me, that's, that's one of my go-tos, uh, is the, is the book of Ezekiel. And if you hadn't read it, go, go read the book of Ezekiel in the old Testament. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of right there. I mean, you, you know, yeah, I see, uh, uh, I'm checking it online. I see a book that's called the spaceships of Ezekiel. <laughs> so, but you know, I mean, it's interesting yeah. that you say that it's in there and yet people don't want to, don't want to point it out. Don't want to acknowledge it to a certain degree. I'm sure, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, you know, cherry pick off it. And if they would mm-hmm. acknowledge this, then they, maybe that would change their perspective right. on, um, you know, because a lot of people think that aliens are, were, you know, religious figures. You know, that's because when you fly out of the sky, you know, that's right. Right. the only thing that's in your, your primitive brain is going to be able to, to um, yeah. accept either whether you're my Lord and Savior or you're, you're you something came from else. another planet. Right. If you're not here to kill me, then I'm going to, you know, obey everything you have to say, basically. Yeah. Maybe, I, who knows, I mean, how they laid out the story for us. And if it's laid out in there with, you know, some truth here, here and there, then, you know, that's, we have to figure out what it is, what is real, what isn't. Right. You know, what's maybe, right. maybe it's real or maybe it's make believe. <laughs> <laughs> usually, I right, usually right. supposed to do that. I, you know, and yeah. that's the thing too is is you know I've uh, and I'm 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 part also too uh, from my dad's ancestry. My father's ancestry were were Choctaw Apache. So I I began to kind of delve into the Apache uh, culture and their stories and their writings, and it was just like oh my god, it was like right there. I mean, you know, with the with the beliefs that, you know, they have spirits that come from within the earth, that come from the sky, people that come from the sky, from inside the. I mean, it was like, it was it was a lot to kind of uh, read that and go, wow, well, there kind of really all is. And then when you really start looking into all the different tribal um, religions and spirituality teachings, it's directly connected to those things and and their gods and the people and the people that came and right so so much of the of the native kind of uh and and not just you know and then from there it just led me to read you know just the mayans and the aztecs and right it's all, know, it's all connected all so forth. which is which is yeah. which is weird as you think that you know it's, it, all around the world certain cultures took this in a certain way for sure, you know, like right. they, they, like the like the Native Americans took it in in a way more maybe earthly, I guess you yeah. can say, as opposed to you know the the Caucasians in the, in European area, you know, have maybe took it the way they took it here, or maybe okay. who knows, or Middle Eastern or whatever it is. Every culture took this experience in in their own way, and that's why we're so different these exactly. days. So. I mean, it's 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 fascinating, exactly. man, and it's been a pleasure talking with you today, Lance. And uh, For this sure. this being the day that the end of the world was supposed to be. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, damn, man, because I'm sitting backstage and I've got to go in this venue and play a gig. So <laughs> where you at? You know, I don't know, man. Maybe I'll be in the middle of playing like Mississippi Queen or something. <laughs> you know, something cool when it all goes down. <laughs> <laughs> it might happen. I think we have until about 4 a.m. Pacific Standard Time till that uh, the end of the 23rd oh, is a, is a, <laughs> as official. Um, hey, Lance, uh, man. Well, then maybe I'll be at IHOP or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where are you at right, right now? Well, guys, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm we're, actually in Arkansas, man. Okay. I'm, in, I'm playing tonight in the town that was the birthplace of Bill Clinton, as a matter of fact. Ah. <laughs> uh, nice. I am in Hope, Arkansas, Arkansas, just outside Little Rock. We're right playing a, a little venue out here tonight. I'm actually just sitting outside, ready to go in and do a sound check. Well, awesome, man. You have a great gig tonight, man. And uh, when you're out in Phoenix, hey, thanks, man. we'll have to kick it here in Phoenix and, uh, and do, a, do this in studio when you're out here. Let's do it, Kevin. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me, man. And I'll uh, I'll be I'll be keeping up with you guys. Thanks so much, man. Uh, I do appreciate thank it. And thanks for sharing your stories with us as well. All right, man. You got it. I'll see you soon. Rock on, man. Thanks, man. You got it. All right, there you go, Lance Lopez. <laughs> Lance Lopez, man. What a really cool conversation. Yeah. Uh, that, it I, took a lot of directions. I liked it. I did too. That's yeah. what the show's all about. Kind of go with the flow. Because everything do. is really connected, you know. And it all comes down to stardust, man. <laughs> Everything is stardust. Everything is stardust. All right. Well, we're out of here. All right. It's been fun. It's been real. We didn't do, uh, I mean, the other stories because we're out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. But we can save them for later. Happens sometimes. Absolutely. And we dig that. So the conversation was well, well worth it. Yes. And you'll find this on the SoundCloud page podcast on Monday, on the radio, Sunday nights in Phoenix, Arizona, San Luis Obispo, and also RadioBuzz101.com. So our new Sunday night shows start at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Radio 101 Buzz. And then we're at 9 p.m. Pacific Time in Phoenix. And then 10.30 Pacific Time in San Luis Obispo. Listen in, suckers. Tune us in at <laughs> AliensWithGas.com. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate your time. Thank you for doing so as well. This has been the Extraterrestrial Rock Show. Aliens. With gas. Man. <laughs> Keep watching the skies. Don't forget about Pluto, Eris, and a bunch of other stuff. <laughs>